Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. Go get him, Tiger. We're here. Libservative, he's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. And uh, we have a, we have we actually have so much to cover today that we already know that we're not gonna get to it all. <laughs> we're just gonna do our best. In fact, in fact <laughs> Corey's gonna summarize some of it in his uh, what we're gonna talk about next week, I think, in his monologue, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so that's what we have. There's just that much going on. Today was uh, opening day. For our local baseball team, our Detroit Tigers. Go get them, Tiger. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we determined since that was recorded in 1968, we determined that was just like Elizabeth Taylor was really drunk one weekend and got on the wrong airplane. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> I'm just sitting in the cockpit and she's like, go get them, Tiger. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, that's great, but you have to get out of the uh, the cockpit and go sit in your normal you seat. Can't, you can't be here, honey. You're going to have to go take a seat with the layman back there. You're going to have to go Rawr. take a seat with the normies. <laughs> you had a baseball question, Corey. Yeah. So, all right. So full of disclosure, Dan, I got out of work at three today. You got hammered. And a buddy is like, hey, let's go to Gator Jake's, which if you're not a listener who's within 30 miles of where we record, you're like, what the fuck is Gator Jake's? So Gator Jake's is a bar and my buddy wanted to meet there and we go there and then it was just crowded as fuck. And I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, it's like 3.30 in the afternoon on a Friday. (laughs) And if you don't know, in Detroit especially... Opening day is like a really, really big deal. And so I get to the bar. And uh, as soon as I sit down, all the all the TVs is literally like, oh, Detroit Tigers, you know, White Sox. And I was like, oh, it, apparently it is opening day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like, so I get there. It's like the top of the eighth. Okay. And it was three to one. And then Cabrera, Cabrera walks up. Bases are loaded, knocks it out of the park, gets two people home. And then all of a sudden the game was tied, you know, and then it's the top of the ninth. We stopped. They they scored once. It was four to three. And then the bottom of the ninth comes around. And at the very last pitch, the very last hitter, he hits the ball. It hits the wall and the yellow part. Homeboy almost fumbles it and then catches it. And then, to so me, I thought, well, all right, we're going to the top of the ninth. And then all of a sudden, I see the Gatorade jug getting thrown and, and water getting tossed around and Gatorade's getting tossed around, and it looked like the game was over. So my impression was, well, maybe the ball hits the yellow on the top of the fence, you know, then that's uh, it's it's considered a home run or whatever. I wasn't sure. Listening to you describe baseball is like listening to Whoopi Goldberg describe politics. <laughs> Whoopi, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg described the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, 
I don't know what's happening. I think maybe that's considered a home run. I don't know. So, Dan, explain to me why the ball can hit the wall and then all of a sudden it's not considered a catch. So you you would be right if that ball had hit the yellow line, it would be considered a home run. It didn't. It hit just below that yellow line, then bounced off close. then bounced off the white the the uh the outfielder's glove. Then he caught it before it hit the ground. So it looked like an out, but upon further review, it was easy to see that that ball hit the wall prior to hitting the outfielder's glove, making it a hit. That wall is essentially an extension of the ground. So the runner on third was able to advance and score. Tigers win. Happy opening day. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? So the so like so like if it hits the wall and then the glove, it's essentially like okay. All right. All right yeah, it would be sense. like it would be like if the ball hit the ground and then he trapped it. That's not an out. That's a base hit. The wall is an extension of the ground. The bo- so for someone who watches baseball only when he shows up to a bar and realizes that the game is on. That's very vital information, Dan. <laughs> well, and it's hard it's hard to see live too, right? Like I thought he caught it. I thought he was out. Like but it, not not until they slowed it down and we see, hey, that ball hit the wall. Like I remember watching it and seeing the fumble and then he caught it and I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then I was like, oh and then I guess that's it. We're going into the third. We're going to extras. But we didn't. Are you? It, since that was you, it. Since you're already half in the bag from going to Gator Jake's, are you drinking anything currently? Yeah, I'm drinking some more Michter's uh, Michter's bourbon. Which, by the way, I drank some uh, Rabbit Hole bourbon at the bar, and I'll tell you what, that is some very fine tasting bourbon. To the you ever had Rabbit Hole? I, I have I have and I've also had their uh there's also I can't remember the manufacturer that makes it, but there's also a rabbit hole whiskey infused cigar that I've tasted before, which was quite Ooh. delicious. Yeah, very, very how good. How do they how do they infuse that into a cigar? They well it's not really infused. They 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 age the tobacco inside of bourbon barrels. After the bourbon's drained, obviously. Correct. Yeah, kind of the same way that. So, you- like, if you get some of the 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 aged tobacco that's like right on the edges, that's touching the charge the charred uh, oak barrel, it tastes great. If it's in the middle, it's like nah, it doesn't make a difference. I have no idea. I don't know the product. I don't know how they do it. I just know that that's that's how they they age the tobacco is inside. Kind of like the way that you might age uh, a beer right inside of. Uh, Inside of an, an a, a a bourbon barrel or whatever they do, I don't know. You're you're okay. you're more of the the uh, beer process aficionado. Well, liquid's a lot uh, a lot different than a solid. You don't have to be <laughs> a it? beer How aficionado. So? How so? Let's to learn this and let's have ourselves a chemistry lesson here on on Libservative. Uh, isn't it interesting though that on on one of the happiest days in Detroit. We still have to have really weird news, and that is yeah. the two men acquitted in the Governor Whitmer kidnapping trial, and then the two others that did not plea or did not take a plea deal uh, are. I think they said it's, it's been declared a mistrial. They're they're going to be yeah. The, so the two were acquitted, and then the other two were a mistrial. All today, all today, this happened. Yeah, dude, I didn't. Like, I didn't even know that the sentencing was coming out today. I was at the bar by myself, just show prepping, waiting for my homie to get there. And I'm looking, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, 
I guess this case happened today. Yeah, did it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my God. I'm like, the shit that we've been talking about, about FBI entrapment and shit like that actually held <laughs> in a court case. Well, because, because we said this months ago, Dan. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so obvious. And it, the, the first thing I thought of was like, oh my God, those two poor dumbasses that took the plea deal. And here's what makes them even more stupid. They, they, they were, they were used, they were used as government witnesses. And yet the federal government still could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that these, whatever it was, these six gentlemen are any more than a bunch of fucking boobs. (laughs) Right. The ones that said, no, fuck this. The government was lying to us are the ones that are like now going home to see their family and the ones that are like, oh, no, it's, it's we're going to plead guilty because we might get a better deal. Right. I right. still have to deal with the fucking court system. And I was listening to uh, Fox, Fox News is or Fox News, Fox News. I'm talking about the local Fox station, Fox to Fox Detroit. Uh, I was listening to Charlie Langton, who is a, 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 a really uh, f- um, what's a what's a proper adjective? I don't want to say. Let's just say he's loud, uh, and he is their legal analyst for a lot of things. And he was basically uh, talking about how the the state or the the federal government at this point would be kind of be stupid to retry the guys that uh, the mistrial was declared for because the two that were acquitted today it, it was so fast, it was so obvious, the jury was so quick, and he's like. They could read. They could put them back on trial, but it's like it's kind of like what's the point right now? Right. Because we already know what's going on. And the thing that really concerns me about this is the fact that I don't know how much Governor Whitmer herself had to do with the statement that was put out by her team today. Did you see this? Yeah, it was talking about how political. What What did she say? Political. She said, uh, it wasn't what she said. Let's be clear necessarily it wasn't what she said it was what her team said and it said political violence is being normalized <laughs> no the fbi meddling and just a couple of crazies being douchebags is being normalized well that's what- not no no i'm sorry not even normalized but being brought into the limelight that everyone's realizing going wait hold on you're telling me that the only reason these people thought that they could kidnap a governor was because the FBI was literally feeding them a bunch of pot and then the whole time going, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, I can get a hold of guns and boats and whatever you need. Do you want to kidnap the governor? And they had a bunch of fucking stoners just shooting guns in the middle of the woods going, yeah, you know, that might be a great idea. That'd be fun. And then they're like, boom, whoop, we got a case. <laughs> That's, that sounds like, am I wrong? No, 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 you're, like not, happened, you're not, right? you're not. And it was just, it, it was just six rubes that are, are complete idiots. And so the good thing that I see coming out of this is that the, the jury saw right through all of it. They saw that Thank the federal, the, 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 the federal government, they saw that the federal government had absolutely no case, but not just that it's, it, it almost points to something much broader, which is that. Something we talk about on this show all the time about how, you know, quote unquote, corporate mainstream media is falling by the wayside. More independent media is, 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 uh, you know, coming up the pipeline. And I think that this jury's quick verdict shows that 
that that's the case because I don't really remember a whole lot of corporate or mainstream media talking about the fact that this was FBI entrapment, right? Because it just, it doesn't fit the narrative of there's a bunch of racist white supremacists that want to kidnap and kill governor. And that's the thing is like the media can say anything. It's when you're in a courtroom and real evidence has to be portrayed because bullshit evidence in a courtroom is just thrown out because it's all objective. Like that's what the courtroom strives for is objectivity, not subjectivity. And then once you get array of like get past media bias and narratives and whatever the media wants the outcome to be, you get down to the nitty gritty. And then all of a sudden it's holy shit. Yeah. No, the FBI was involved heavily and they wanted these people to fucking try to kidnap the governor so they could come in real quick and go, Oh, well look what the FBI does. And then on paper, look what we found. Go ahead. I said, I was just saying, look what we found. We found these bad guys. We found, listen, we gotta keep looking for this type of shit and and turning over stones because of the fact that it might happen if we don't. So you better keep funding and keep increasing our budget because look what would happen if we weren't there. A governor could have been killed, or or a bunch of idiots, would just be- <laughs> or the alternative. Is a bunch of idiots are going to just keep shooting off their pistols and rifles in the middle of the woods talking about hypothetical situations where they could kidnap the governor. But guess what? It's not going to happen because then Monday is going to roll around and they're all going to walk into work on Monday with hangovers because they have families to take care of. Well, and, and that was that was actually one of Charlie Langdon's points in uh, on, on, on Fox 2 today, which was it's not illegal to hate the government. It's, it's not, a, not. It's not illegal to be pissed off at the governor. It's not. It's not illegal to call the governor names. It's not even necessarily illegal to say that you would like to kidnap her. It's. It's a little off color. You're not going to win citizen of the year, of course. But and, and actually, I actually took Charlie Langdon's words. He was actually the one that said that on the news broadcast. You're not going to win citizen of the year <laughs> talking about wanting to kidnap the governor. Right. Yeah. It. it, it and. and so, but that's the whole premise of America is that we're all supposed to be able to sit here and go, you know what? I'd like to tar and feather this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that's, that's not what's a, that's, the alternative. That's, Russia. It's not necessarily a direct threat. And, and look, here's the thing that that's to me, that's the good part of this, right? The fact that it looks like the jury saw right through the bullshit, you know, it, I still like. Don't get me wrong. I still think these guys were wrong, and I still think they're absolute yeah, they're idiots. idiots. <laughs> but being an idiot isn't illegal. Dan. It's not illegal to be an idiot. It's not illegal to be an idiot. Some people and think it should. That's be. the point that we really want to drive home. Yeah, like, we really have to make. We really have to distinguish this. That it's like, are we fans of these guys? Do we well, agree that was, what they said? It, 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 no. It, you know what it goes but back to? Just because we don't agree with what they said doesn't make them all of a sudden out out outright criminals. As, as evidenced by what the jury and the judicial system said, it takes me back to the Rittenhouse case, dude. Like we we sh- we we shit on Kyle Rittenhouse for certain reasons, but we still didn't think he broke any laws, and we certainly didn't think he murdered anybody. We thought right, he, was, he was a jackass. Sure, we thought he was stupid for being there. Like 
I don't know. I, I mean, even even if he had the right uh, his heart in the right place, right? As some of his defenders like to say, he was there to help people. Okay, I get that, but that doesn't make him. It, it's really, really, it's, a yeah, it's really, really dumb to be a seventeen-year-old kid and take a gun into a riot zone. Like it's just stupid. But did, does that mean he's a criminal? Does that mean he's a murderer? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> and I, and no, that's you're right. It's kind of the way I feel about. It's kind of the way I feel about these guys. And look, and it, it doesn't mean we shouldn't take you know threats against political figures' lives seriously. Of course we should. And I'm glad that like this was actually looked into to the point where we were able to see that it was FBI entrapment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, according to the judicial system and what the jury said. Yeah. That's and not even, at this point, it's not even my opinion and your opinion, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's just what it is. Yeah, we have these opinions, but they're based on what the jury <laughs> said in the case. Yeah. And so that's the good part of it. The, the negative part of this to me is what Whitmer's team already said. And I honestly, like I have gone so being a Michigan resident, I have gone back and forth on governor Whitmer on various issues. There are things that I've seen her do, like the way she handled the Oxford school shooting. I thought was, I thought she was great. Like, you know, the fact that she was there within hours and it, it, it the fact that she really seemed like she was, uh, you know, remorseful. I don't like the way she, you know, before COVID started, her big thing was like banning vaporizers. I wasn't a big fan of that. I wasn't a big fan of her COVID lockdowns. But as far as being a state with a, a Democratic governor, she did a really good job comparatively. Okay, I'm not going to say she did a really good job, but comparatively, she did a good job of opening us back up long before so many other blue states and blue municipalities did. However, yeah. what my issue with what was said by her team today, this uh, political violence is becoming normalized line, to me... That's a, I mean, that sounds like a dog whistle to me. That sounds like it. 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 it it's almost like I'm. I'm getting ready for the for the narratives to be thrown all over social media and all over the comment section on Fox Two News and 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 our local Detroit news uh, papers about. Oh, see, the jurors are racist. The jurors are sexist. Like, this oh is normal God. now. Yeah. Are you ready for that? Because it's coming. Could you imagine if she came out and she said, you know what? It's absolute bullshit that my life was jeopardized because the FBI was prodding and poking in some trivialized fashion to to solidify their budget just to get some arbitrary numbers on the board to prove that they need to be there to help circumvent some sort of terrorist action that they helped initiate in the first place. You know what my reaction would be? Right here. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, like dude, why is she falling in line? Like, do you, like, you know what I mean? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, as soon as she found out that the FBI was involved, instead of continually, instead of continually focusing on the people that tried to do it, and instead focusing on the FBI and going, whoa, 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 hold on. You mean to tell me that the FBI itself was the reason why these people were actually considering and working on plans to kidnap me was because of the fucking FBI? <laughs> 
What do you? Does that do? make sense? You understand it, what I'm saying? It's like, it wait, makes, wait, hold on. It makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. But that's going to be thrown. That's going to be thrown away. That's going to be thrown out of the narrative. This is going to be about how uh, uh, political violence is normalized, and it's the far right that does it. And uh, this just goes to show that the 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 the, the jury is sexist. The jury was far right, kind of like the way. Uh, what we're going to see in November when Republicans clean up, which I'm not going to be happy to see, but they're going to clean up in the midterm elections. And what are Democrats going to do? They're going to come out. They're going to blame voters. They're going to say voters are racist. They're going to say voters are Trump supporters instead of recognizing their own shortcomings and fixing what's wrong inside of their own party. God, if if she would have pulled the DeSantis and told the federal government the fuck off, she would have solidified her 2022 Election bar none. Twenty, yeah. Uh, she's twenty four, right? She up this year? I can't remember. Yeah, she's up, oh, this, she's year up this year because right. Tudor right. Dixon uh, yep, Gall- right. was his name. Something Galloway, I think it is. A bunch of Republicans and, nobody's ever and, heard of. Uh, Craig and uh, Chief Craig. Chief Craig. Yeah, they're all coming after her, but it's going to be a stupid. And she's about to win the election in twenty twenty two. We apologize for localizing the uh, whatever this is. The first. 25 minutes of this show but we had it we had, it was it was a national story it was the whitmer kidnapping wasn't was a national story there well kid <laughs> say that like they executed it <laughs> right yeah chase just said good point she should be pushed she should absolutely be pissed that it's like whoa hold on yeah. you're i'm over here just trying to run a state and you guys <laughs> are the ones kicking shit up trying to get this shit going yeah it's and ridiculous. that's just not me me saying it that's not just you saying it that's a federal court Based on a jury who, beyond reasonable doubt, decided that this was they're going to be acquitted because obviously there was way too much FBI entanglement in this scenario. Yeah, and it was, it, it had a lot to do with the. It actually had a lot to do with the plot itself, just how fanciful it was. <laughs> you know, it was we're like, just going to tie her up and put her on a boat in the middle of Lake Michigan. Look, again, I'm going to say it again. It, it, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't take actual political violence seriously, but this wasn't that. It just wasn't that. Sorry. Right, I, I'm no, not going to apologize for saying that. We should take seri- political violence seriously, but we should be cynical when that political violence is being advocated by our own political fucking institutions 100 percent. you want to talk about madison cawthorn oh you mean orgies yeah this this story was your pet project Corey walsh because you oh, love because orgy stories hilarious <laughs> you love all stories about orgies and, <laughs> and, and, and Corey orgy i don't even know the difference between the two words <laughs> he's, he's invited me to a key party or two <laughs> I wish this coming Sunday. <laughs> uh, so Madison key bump orgy party, yeah, and sign me up. I'm down. So Madison Cawthorn, I don't even remember where this story originated. It, it feels like it's been 15 weeks ago. But he did he was he tweeting originally about this about hearing about uh, about being invited to an orgy in D.C. Madison Cawthorn's a congressman from from where again? South Carolina. Is he? I think it might be South Carolina. Look I'm going to Google it real quick. We should probably have that in front of us. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's what makes this story so interesting is that he's a gentleman, he's a, he's a Republican congressperson that is in a wheelchair that says that he was invited to 
multiple orgies by I think I don't think he he didn't name anybody by name, but he said basically by the DC elite, correct? Yeah, yeah. So he's the uh, U.S. representative for North Carolina's North Carolina. 11th Congressional District. And he was in some interviews, like on some podcast or whatever. That's what it was. But he just nonchalantly said, yeah, uh, you know, I see people who advocate for being against drugs just do key bumps all the time. And he goes, and I've been invited to, and people have invited me to parties where they say it's a party of sexual nature. Where really, they're just inviting me to an orgy. <laughs> it's a and party it's of like, sex. You can just imagine like that being like the elitist way of saying that you're invited to an orgy. We'd like to invite you to a party of sexual nature. They, they, I mean, <laughs> politics. It's, politics are wild. Instead man. of like, come on over, bang my wife. It's fun. We all do it. What What really kills me is like all of this is coming to a coming about the same time that Marjorie Taylor Greene was speaking at that uh, white nationalist thing. I forget what it was even called, but you remember like right before they were praising Putin and Nazis and then she came up and spoke and then afterwards they were praising Putin and Nazis and then she's like, I had no idea that they were just a bunch of white nationalists. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? what? I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she was willfully ignorant there, Corey. Yeah, well, (laughs) you could say that about her entire day-to-day operations. (laughs) But the party was just like silent about it. They didn't say anything. But then Cawthorn shows up and he's like, yeah, you guys are all inviting me to orgies and cocaine parties. And everyone's like, whoa, what the fuck? Kevin McCarthy's like, we lost his trust. Yeah, no, no, it's just, <laughs> that they lost his the, uh, the, uh, the Olivia Beavers tweet that was like, multiple sources tell leaders say that uh, Kevin McCarthy says he plans to talk to freshman rep Madison Cawthorn <laughs> over his orgy remarks. Told several so house artists stood up, stood up, and were upset. They said it was okay. They don't believe it. So this tells me two things. This is either so so ridiculously off base that nobody in the Republican Party is doing key bumps, or like, even the orgy thing. It's like ah, you know, maybe maybe not, but like key bumps. You mean to tell me that no one in the Republican Party is doing coke? <laughs> that nobody. <laughs> That nobody in our government is doing blow. That's how they stay awake. How do you? Why do you? That's you know what? You that's why. That's why Mitch McConnell let's, actually do blow. That's why. That's why Mitch McConnell falls asleep all the time when they're in congressional hearings because he's, he's the one that's not doing blow. He's the one that should. <laughs> and so, like, so that's what that's. Those are the two answers that like it's either way too close to home. That there that there is blow and orgies going at that they're like yo shut the fuck up dude I might have I might have it here I might have the the Cawthorn video right here or, sexual perversion that goes on in Washington I mean it, being kind of a young guy in Washington with the average age yep. is probably Why sixty or seventy like that because he's and I look at all these people a lot of them that I, I you know I've looked up to through my life I've always paid attention to politics guys that you know it, then all of a sudden you get invited to like well hey we're gonna have kind of a a, a sexual get together at one of our homes you should come <laughs> and I'm like what, what what did you just ask me to come to yeah. And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is, this is wild. <laughs> I mean, dude, it seems legit to me, man. Like, Dude, honestly, I think it pissed. is. <laughs> like, when it comes to, it's either 
it's so off base that they're all so upset that, that, that he's saying this or he's blowing their cover and he's actually like this straight edge Protestant virgin. <laughs> they're, they're like, yo, shut the fuck up. And I think it really is the yo, shut the fuck up because the fact that it's like I said, Marjorie Taylor Greene goes to a, a she's definitely a, doing blow by the way thing where she- people are doing the straight up Hitler thing. And no one says anything, but he just says, hey, people in my party are doing key bumps and going to orgies, which personally sounds like a great time. But <laughs> and they're all like, yo, what the hell? And- oh, man, I just thought of a fun conspiracy here. I, I, I honestly hope this I, I hope this plays out. These Things like this get me thinking about like conspiracies that people could possibly make up, which is that uh, Madison Cawthorn is a double agent. He's a double agent. He's a double agent for the DNC. <laughs> <laughs> he's just—he's just trying to blow up the Republicans. So what? That's an interesting. So thought, as right? soon as this story happened, what what cracks me up is everyone immediately like so the Republicans are immediately like doing their best to do some damage control and shut him down and telling him to shut the fuck up because obviously he's like exposing the inner workings of the party and they're like, "Yo, to shut the fuck up." And how did Don't he get? Tell and how did he get elected at like sixteen years old? You saw this guy, right? He's like he's twenty eight. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't look twenty eight. Uh, my favorite though is Ben Dreyfus, <laughs> which is Richard Dreyfus's son. Which you know he is. It's a straight up just trust fund kid making all this money. He doesn't have to work in a day in his life, so he can just say and do whatever the fuck he wants. He tweeted, "Look, I'm just gonna say what we're all thinking." Why would someone invite someone in a wheelchair to an orgy? Jesus Christ. And it sounds so bad. But like, and it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, you said it. And then like, and it's like, but you know what? There might, like, at first it's like, well, there might be some weight to that. You know, like, who is going to invite someone in a wheelchair to an orgy without at least telling out the participants that there's someone in a wheelchair showing up? But. What really caught my attention on this tweet is the immediacy of everyone jumping on board to defend people in wheelchairs and just attack this guy over a hypothetical scenario to where he's talking to where he's like, if I had an orgy, I wouldn't invite people in a wheelchair. And he goes and he says, he goes, I want people who are going to enhance the orgy. I want athletic people to where it's like, the next person is going to be, when they walk through the door, you're going to say, oh, thank God this person's here. This made the orgy that much better yeah. versus, oh, well, what the fuck? What are we supposed to do now? And it's 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 a funny premise. It's a premise that I think is like, we're all like, oh, well, yeah, obviously I'm going to want a bunch of Kardashians and porn stars around me. Yeah. Not a bunch of people I see at Walmart. And clearly, clearly seems like a joke, and it almost a hundred percent a joke. It almost makes you wonder, like, what if instead instead of that being Ben Dreyfus, what if that had been Elon Musk that had tweeted that? I can guarantee you that the disabled community, which I am uh, very involved in, as you know, uh, the, yeah. dis- the, the the disabled community would all of a sudden be the new pet project. The disabled, it would be the new pet cause. To make you know the right. Twitter warriors feel better about themselves because they stood right. up for the disabled community. 
Right, and it's when, just meanwhile they've never met a disabled person in their lives, right. and they it's walk so, past them in the mall without even saying hello every and day. And looked at them for an uncomfortable amount of time right. without trying to What's look wrong like with they him, were Daddy? caught looking at them. You ever see this? So I'm uh, disconnected from the disabled community by a few years, but like same thing. I used to work with people with ataxia. Mm-hmm. So like I would walk into a restaurant with somebody with ataxia, and if they served liquor, my client that I was with that didn't even want liquor, I'd have waitresses coming up to me and going, Hey, we can't serve him because he's drunk. And Mm. I'd be like, well, ask him if he's drunk because you know, HIPAA, you're not technically allowed to say anything. Like ask him if you're not allowed to serve him because he's drunk, because I promise you, you're about to have a scene in your fucking restaurant because he is more sober than half of your uh, your patrons because he's not drinking he has fucking ataxia yep that give, slurs his words and makes him stumble i'll give you another so great, it's like i'll give you another great example so uh me doing a lot of volunteer work at summer camp with with folks with with muscular dystrophy there are certain folks with muscular dystrophy depending on what they have that they're basically they're basically for the most part other than driving their wheelchairs immobile uh some of them have uh uh machines around them and everything you know you know what you know what uh waiters and waitresses do when you take them out to when you go out to a restaurant with them they ask you what you want and then you ask what is and then they ask well what does he want and i look right at him and i go i don't know why don't you fucking ask him but these are the <laughs> exactly, these, these are the, yes, these yes. are the same people that'll that will that will go home and take to twitter and go and and and, and attack ben dreyfus for fucking around with the disabled community like you're right enough with your well, morality policing and then it's like oh well he's in a wheelchair so obviously i can't ask him a simple question like do you want coke or, or mountain dew well and, and it's not i don't even blame them for that right because they're unfamiliar with the disease but don't be that person i'm not saying everybody does this but don't be that person that then goes home and takes to twitter and shits on ben dreyfus for making a, a joke about the disabled community when you didn't even know that it was okay to ask this disabled person what they wanted to drink at, at when you were serving them at your restaurant you know right. what i'm saying like it's like en- enough enough with your enough with your pet activism yeah, and we've so had that's enough what i was kind of getting at is the fact that this guy just made a joke and then all of these people over just getting angry and this it's literally fabricated anger they're all attacking him over a made-up scenario and people are getting mad about something that isn't even real and it's like, well, let's look at that. Because how often does that happen about fucking everything, Dan? Oh, what was the one we were just talking about the other day? Well, that did have something to do with Ben Dreyfus. Oh, it probably did. About. We were probably talking about this exact thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, no, listen. He's like, you all have rights. You have rights to vote and you have rights for everything. But I have rights to not invite people in wheelchairs to my <laughs> orgy. Why are you mad? <laughs> you know what's funny is pretty much everybody that i know in a wheelchair which is I would mean, find this way funnier than any sort of scores Karen of people yeah. who doesn't know disabled people i'll, I'll play going, this joke well, this is just wrong yeah meanwhile uh meanwhile uh what's her face having alopecia is the end of the world anyway yeah yeah alopecia god damn that's <laughs> Maybe we should. Uh, I'm gonna edit that part out. I'm just kidding. I'm not. We had to start it. a go. We had to start a GoFundMe for Jeff Ross <laughs> for his alopecia. 
So what do you think, Dan? Do you think that the Archie claims, do you think that this is real or do you think that he just made this up? Well, there's a reason in the banner that I put it. Sometimes it feels like Alex Jones gets it right because this absolutely <laughs> feels like something Alex Jones would make an allegation of, doesn't it? Yeah, the way that the, the RNC responded, like with what, how they're like, oh, we can't trust him anymore. I literally pictured, like I literally saw through the lines of them just going, Yo, what the fuck are you doing? You're saying the quiet part out loud. Just shut the fuck up. We were just trying to give you a good time in your wheelchair. Stop <laughs> telling people about all of us trying to do just having fun doing blow and getting fucking having a glory hole the, the, in the DC house two blocks away. The best part about it is it's it seems like it's no it, it is. It's the, the the this faction of the right, mostly the the QAnon morons that have this idea that the left is just we're all if you're on the left you are a pedophile. You just are. If you if you voted Democrat, you're a pedophile. You have diddled a little kid at some point if you voted for Barack Obama at any point in 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 his run. If you if you vote for the for the Democratic representative, you finger banged a 12-year-old girl. It's just that's just how sometimes it seems like the far right thinks of the left. And meanwhile, you have somebody who's a Republican congressperson <laughs> talking about orgies and key parties. Fucking nerd. In DC. Yeah, he's such a nerd. He's getting invited to orgies and doing key bumps. And he's like, I need an adult. <laughs> I need to tell somebody Strange, about this. stranger danger. <laughs> Stranger danger. <laughs> what is that white stuff? Why are you putting sugar in your nose? <laughs> oh God, I don't know, man. That's that's why it's, it's it's sometimes it just and they're losing their fucking minds. That's what makes me think that it's like, and like I'm sure that this type of shit happens on the DNC side too. Of well. course it does. They're all in cahoots. But it's we know like this. The freak out versus. Someone who is also representing your brand, hanging out with a bunch of white supremacists, and everyone's like, "Shh, just don't talk about it." <laughs> Let's but focus this, on this. This thing. new face shows up, and he's like, "Yeah, there's key pumps and orgy, and I don't know what to do about it." And they're like, "Yo, you're a fucking liar." <laughs> let's, let's focus on the let's focus on the cocaine and not on the white supremacy part we're, we're good with that uh <laughs> the cocaine and the orgies do you have anything else you want to close this Which i'm not even against those things you know what i mean if someone wants to do blow me personally i think any law that's portrayed and, and any arbitrary law in our country ultimately has an arm with a gun holding it or any law i'm sorry so any law in America, ultimately has an arm holding a gun and forcing it to where I don't think that that's necessary. That if somebody wants to just go hang out in their house and do a little bit of blow, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Should you be a leader of our country? Ah, maybe not. <laughs> but it's like the way that their their standards and like where their moral compass is. Where it's like white supremacy. Ah, we'll let that slide. But key bumps and orgies. Holy shit! Yeah, it 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 discredits it discredits their the the moral superiority uh, portion of what of the game that uh, their their side of the game, right? Because both yeah, well, the, both the, in, both the, party yeah, has moral. I was just gonna say both the left and the right like to play this moral superiority game to get they us take the high road. Yeah, to get us hating but our the high neighbors. roads and the aqueduct of the sewers of fucking. <laughs> shit no it's to get us to hate our neighbors so that we don't hate them that's the whole point it's not it's not that hard uh and, and you know what there's actually a gentleman 
who has <laughs> Chase goes nerd. <laughs> many, many, many. I, I I know Chase from way back. Chase, thanks you, uh, thank you uh, for uh, for for tuning in. He used to be a cook at a bar I frequented that is uh, that is now gone. So we're happy to have you. Happy to Good have spot. you aboard, Chase. Uh, Big Beaver Tavern. You remember those days, Chase? He knows. He'll throw. He he'll throw something in the comments. Know. I've never been to Big Beaver Tavern. <laughs> it's gone now. My bars. My bars. R.I.P. Is uh, Luna. Wild Woodies, the regular Woodies in Royal Oak, and uh, the Island. Very good, Corey. Yeah, very good. Very good at naming (laughs) bars that nobody of our listeners have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Uh, There is a a gentleman that has multi, multi billions of dollars that is that is trying to do away with the moral superiority complexes of both sides. I don't know how well I don't know how well he's going to do here. uh, But uh, Elon is Twitter. (laughs) He is. He is at this point nine point two percent, but which keeps him at at a passive stake. And I've kind of gone back and forth on this. How much of this is like a little pet project for Elon because he likes to he, he let's let's be honest. And I kind of appreciate this about him. He is a shit poster. There's no question about it. He's definitely a shit poster, which is different than most of these other uh, billionaire, multi-billionaire CEOs. You know, the Bezoses, the Gateses, you know, uh, everybody else. It is. He's the black sheep of the billionaires. He really is. He is. Because, like, he is the only one that actually, <laughs> just out of spite, he's the funniest motherfucker because, like, do you remember when everyone was like, Elon needs to pay his taxes? And he goes, all right, fine, I'll sell some stock. And he paid <laughs> his fucking taxes. Someone goes, it'll cost $6 billion to end world hunger. And he goes, give me the receipts. I'll pay it right now. Right, yeah. Show me, <laughs> show me the actual for plan. For some reason, the left hates him. Show me, yeah, and he should, he should be the darling of the left, but because things right. are so backwards right now and he... He doesn't go along with the with the narratives like somebody like Bezos does. And by the way, we're going to get into Amazon a little bit later on in the show and union busting and all of the bullshit. But somehow, uh, Elon is the bad guy, and Jeff Bezos. I'm not going to say Jeff Bezos is the good guy when it comes to folks on the left, but he's he's certainly not as often bitched about publicly as Elon Musk is. Isn't that weird? It doesn't make any sense. What, Elon, what world do we live not in? Elon, but Jeff Bezos spends millions of dollars trying to stifle uh, workers looking to just make a decent wage. And everyone shits on Elon still, even though in Elon's rest, even though in Elon's factories, they're not union, no. But you don't see big pushes for unions in his factories because. I mean, from the lack of news about his factories, that tells me that he actually does a decent, okay job at taking care of his employees. Well, I mean, because, look, I don't, I don't always, I don't think Elon. Does that is make perfect. sense? Yeah, and I know what you're saying. I don't think Elon is perfect, but there have been things that have come out with regards to like. So his whole thing with Twitter is the free speech thing. He calls himself an un, unapologetic First Amendment supporter. You know, free speech all the way, no matter what. Um, but there's there have also been things that have come out from his employees about him trying to stifle s- certain things being said about Tesla and the company. And I don't know how true these things are, but they they have come out. So it's you know, 
I don't ever expect I don't expect any billionaire to be perfect, right? Elon does dealings in China, right? I don't think any of us really support that. However, you know, as it pertains to the billionaires that are in our lexicon right now, I don't think there's any better than Elon at this point because to me, at least the guy for the most part is honest. Yeah. And honesty is a uh a rare gem to find in our society these days when it comes to elites and politicians and things like that. Why else should the left like him, right? He's, he basically he basically took electric vehicles and put them 10 to 15 in, – advanced them 10 to 15 years faster than they probably otherwise would have. <laughs> right. Right? I mean – He's literally tackling <laughs> the fossil fuel issue. He's <laughs> fucking – like, why do you think the big three? Why do you uh, think the big three? Free speech. Why do you think the big three uh, co- uh, motor motor vehicle companies are all coming out with EVs right now? It's because right. of Tesla. Like, they they, they would still be. Right. Oh, we're just we're still in R and D right now. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to make it work. Like, that's where we would be right now. So what we're saying not for right Tesla. now is us who we're actually going to get into the whole Amazon thing later about the unions and why they're a good thing. But here we are simping for a billionaire. And it talks about how, you know, all these conversations are nuanced. You know what I mean? Like sometimes just because they're a billionaire doesn't mean they're a bad person. Yeah. And you- Elon Musk is one of the richest people in the world. And here he is advocating free speech, uh, pushing for a more renewable energy uh, environment. And for some reason, people are hating on him because of woke idea ideological party pandering party pandering identity politics yeah and to the point where elon even in his filings with the sec he he had to say fuck you to them one more time because because the sec filing of this nature would normally include a line saying he doesn't intend to influence the company you know what he did he marked that particular part not applicable <laughs> <laughs> because he still he still technically owns a passive stake in the company, right? But immediately Parag Agarwal comes on and goes, uh, yeah, he's part of the board now. Because even Parag, <laughs> who's a guy who's a he's just a shill. He's just a shill for whatever you know, whatever the shareholders tell him to do. Even he recognize it seems like even he recognizes Twitter is a fucking cesspool, right? So here's here's what I think about Elon owning nine percent stake in the company and being it's just an outside opinion. Going, hey, wait, hold on, should we do that? Well, and being on the board, my my my, my thing is this: I don't think Twitter can get worse. I don't think there's any way to make Twitter worse than it is right now, because it's basically a bunch of you know purple haired leftists and a bunch of MAGA supporters just screaming at each other over nothing. Over identity politics bullshit when there's actual things. Dan, going that's on called there. a public square. Oh, is it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're it allowed. Really to, they're allowed. <laughs> it's the twenty, the twenty first century public square. They're allowed to do it, but then it's like when you actually have real mainstream people. When you have the, you know, the the, the Aaron Mates and the and the Glenn Greenwalds of the world. Uh, I think they're both on Twitter at this point, but they've both gotten in trouble with Twitter at some point for quote unquote yeah. reporting COVID misinformation or reporting right. or Chris Hedges getting yeah. nixed off of YouTube, even though he's like the super leftist. Yeah. Or Jimmy Dore. I mean, Jimmy Dore's gotten in trouble on Twitter at least four or five times at this point. <laughs> he's, oh, he's about man, as leftist as they here get. you are advocating single payer health care and then. Uh, criticizing the mainstream narrative 
you're not allowed. <laughs> Which me, even me personally, I don't even, I'm not even a hundred percent on board with single payer healthcare. I think that the more decentralized things are, the better. But if someone has that opinion, they shouldn't be stifled. Be, you know what I mean? Yeah, free speech. I'm good for it. I'm, oh, I mean, I'm oh. <laughs> so we just had a new listener. His name's Turbo, and he said, "What political parties do each of you vote for?" I'm new here. I, oh, you actually responded. I, I answered him. Oh, I answered like him in the chat. Dude, I saw that, and I'm like, my eyes gleamed. And I'm like, no, we're very, very cynical, and we don't like either party. We're we like individuals when they say things right, and we're very quick to call them out when they say things wrong. Yeah. Does that make sense? Independence, calling the balls and strikes. Calling the balls and strikes on both parties. AOC, sometimes she's right, sometimes she's wrong. (laughs) When she's wearing a fucking Eat the Rich uh, shirt, and uh, when she's wearing an Eat the Rich dress at the Met Gala, and everyone's like, oh, here she goes. We're saying that's bullshit because she wasn't there supporting Christian Smalls in the uh, labor unions when he was trying to unionize <laughs> fucking Amazon. You know, we 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 uh, we we call the balls and strikes on a lot of stuff. So which which way do I vote? So usually I vote me personally. I vote third party the last two uh, the last two uh, runs. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't vote for Republican or Democrat. I just I vote on the individual and what they say. So I heard we're actually going to talk about this gentleman here in a second. I heard uh, I believe it was Andrew Yang who said this. And I think he said it best. And he, he talked about the difference between a centrist and an independent. And I actually thought this was brilliant. He's a, a centrist is the person that's like like stuck in the middle. Right. It's like, oh, I, I, I want a, you know, a little bit of both sides. It's all good to have every side in here. What is to wear an independent doesn't prescribe to uh, party rhetoric, right? So you can be a leftist independent, which is what I think Jimmy Dore is, right? I would consider you a leftist independent. I I would consider, you know, I'm fluid. I'm changing every day with all the new shit that comes out. But yeah, I don't think that's a bad way to describe me. I think... uh, uh, who's who's a like kind of a right independent? Would you say maybe like a, a Dave Rubin or somebody like Just that? Just a mash, yeah. And and so being an independent and a centrist is very different. You can be an independent, like I as an independent, I can still have my liberal values, and I do. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that I think that doesn't mean that I prescribe to the to to the bullshit rhetoric that comes out of today. If you want to call it today's leftism, I don't really know of a a, a good way to put that. Yeah. And then uh, I will uh, I'll answer this, but we'll get back on track here in a second. I'm going to answer his quick question. He said, okay, quick rapid fire, opinions on abortion, Second Amendment, and tax brackets. So I'm going to give my opinion real quick, and then we can get back on track for the show. Abortions, it should be up to the individual. The government should have no involvement. Second Amendment, it's also, it, it comes to Karl Marx and our own founding fathers that both say that the people should be armed. And then when it comes to tax brackets or tax brackets, everybody should be paying their fair share. Yeah, and tax code is just look. Our tax code is fucked. I don't think it's right that I'm paying more a higher tax bracket than billionaires, but I don't think that we should be taxing them out of existence because billionaires are important because they innovate, stimulate, and employ people. I think, and I think we would also call our to simplify it. I think we would we would we would both call ourselves constitutionalists, and at least in some form. Yes, you know, our <laughs> founding fathers were onto something with that, and it's important that we stick to that. 
You want to get into Andrew Yang? We appreciate the. Uh, yeah, actually, Turbo, you yeah, know, stick turbo. around. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're 51 minutes in now, but like, follow and share the show. We're found on all political, we're found on all uh, social media and podcast platforms. You can and, find us. Uh, Search at like, follow and share and join anyway. the conversation because even though we're also here only, we're also here only once a week doing the podcast, we are on our uh, social media every day, constantly promoting new content. Andrew, and Yang. we're on TikTok. And we are on TikTok. That's well, Corey's on TikTok. I haven't really. Done you need to make some videos. I know, dude. Really I am, I am really fucking slacking on that. Uh, Andrew Yang was on John Stossel's show earlier this week. Yeah, Corey. yeah. You that actually, was a really good. Inf- that was a really, really interesting interview. You actually put me on to this. Um, and what I really liked about this was that Stossel's—he's a libertarian, right? Like he's an unapologetic, super libertarian, unapologetic. Unap- apologetically libertarian streamline libertarian which which bothers me a little bit about Stossel just just on a little tangent about Stossel he 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 goes with like this weird uh like hardline almost religious version of libertarianism like but a, the, like a contrarian <clears throat> a lot of libertarians go through a, a, a contrarian philosophy but the more I've learned about libertarianism speaking with you speaking with others is it 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 really is like a fluid ideology and you don't have to necessarily be uh like if if you're if you have an idea that wouldn't be necessarily traditional libertarian idea other libertarians generally don't shit on you for it they might right. rouse you a little bit you guys make fun of each other all the time but stossel is like stuck in like this ideological libertarianism that i think at at its core is kind of anti-libertarian, if, if that makes sense. Right. So when it comes to people like Stossel, so me, like I really love a lot of libertarian, you know, ideologies, but it's like, I, I try to stop gate myself because I'm coming from someone who, when he first got involved in politics, who's very left, like Bernie Sanders, like, Oh, the government can just fix it all. And so I try to, catch myself whenever I get really stuck in like a sort of like opinion or like, like view because liberate, like pure libertarianism is virtually the same as like pure socialism where it's like put shit in one hand and shit in the other, which one's going to weigh more kind of thing to where it's like, they both look really good on paper, but when implemented in real life, it's probably not going to shake out so well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, libertarianism is like super heavy in philosophy. And very utopian. Yeah. While, yeah, yeah, while, yeah, yeah. while also being very nihilistic, which is very yeah, strange. Yeah, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, it, yeah, it's funny because it's like libertarianism. It's like, ah, it's fuck it. Everyone just, if someone wants it, they'll pay for it. If they don't, <laughs> then fuck it. It's like, well, well, hold on. We do all kind of need roads. I, I, I don't want lead in my pipes. When yeah, I drink water. And I, I, the way I portrayed it, that the reason I portrayed it that way was because obviously Andrew Yang's big thing is is universal basic income, and 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 it UBI is considered extremely radical. I kind of understand why it's not really something that's been tried before, at least not really in the modern era at a at a large scale, but. The the issue that I always have when people argue, I think I'm more for UBI than I'm not, and and I have a couple reasons why. But first, I'm going to talk about why most of the arguments against UBI 
are are extremely short sighted and simplistic, right? Um, the number one argument against UBI is it's going to cause a major inflation. It's going to devalue the dollar. Okay, so this is something that makes no sense to me because we already. Assume- <laughs> Ted goes the free market will keep the water clean. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell everyone in Flint that. <laughs> yeah. Flint, Michigan. <laughs> the, the the thing is like. We saw with the CARES Act, right, the the uh, the the COVID stimulus that that Biden put in place. It was a two point two trillion dollar bill. Three hundred billion dollars of that, which is next to nothing in comparison, went directly to the people. Right, we all got our checks. You remember that? That was fun. I enjoyed it. I cashed it. I had fun with it. The rest, which is you know one point nine trillion or whatever that math is. Andrew Yang would know, uh, was fed directly back into our institutions, was fed back into the banks, was fed back into Wall Street. You know, so the government is still giving away $2.2 trillion. Andrew Yang's UBI plan, I think he said, what did he say would cost $3.1 trillion or something like that? Would you rather have all of that money put directly into the, the, the pockets of you and I or feed it right back into the system to keep it afloat that we know doesn't work instead of letting us decide where that money goes, what's really where to funny spend it, how to use it is like the UBI thing is almost like, uh, saying taxation is theft with extra steps <laughs> in a roundabout way to where it's like, like, Oh, everyone's going to pay all these taxes and then we're going to give them the money back to where it's like, if we just let them keep the money in the first place. <laughs> or as and you like, like to back say, to our conversation last week yeah, about the fair tax. As you like to say, tax people on what they spend, not what they yeah. earn. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Right. You tax the people on what they spend. You know what? Everyone just gets a check. Fuck paycheck. Fuck the uh, payroll taxes and all this. Just You get taxed on what you spend. Well, and... Inflation is another big thing that people are right. So, so inflation is something that that Yang and Stossel talked about, and inflation is something that's affecting us all. Right? We all hate it. It's not fun that our our, our all of our paychecks are essentially worth are worth eight percent less than they were uh, this time last year. It's not fun for anyone. But the the inflation argument uh, against UBI is, or, or not even against UBI, but just the inflation argument, you know. Bl- put put the blame on the all on Joe Biden or put the blame all on Donald right. Trump. It, it I, I don't. <laughs> I, this is my layman's explanation for for how and why this inflation is happening. I'm not an economist. I'm an intellectual idiot. It's just something that I've sat around and thought about for one second. And being in the commodities business, right? I'm in the food business. I'm a sales rep for a wholesale. Uh, uh, food distribution company. And, and so I'm seeing this inflation come through before it hits the consumer. And so to me, like this is the way that it works, right? You have a widget, right? That you sell and you have shareholders that you have to keep happy. And in this system that we have, shareholders want percentage growth every single year. They want every year they want to grow. And if they don't grow, they're going to sell stake in your company and you're going to look bad on Wall Street. You're going to lose some cash. So instead of eating the cost 
of workers demanding higher wages, right? Uh, minimum wage going up is going to is going to cause inflation. This is the argument. It absolutely will, but nobody ever asked the question why. So right, so you have these, you have these, um, you have these corporations that need to continue to grow exponentially every year. So what do they do? They now pass the cost for that widget onto the wholesaler. Well, we have to charge more because workers are being paid more, so we have to charge more. Cost more to make this. Yeah. For then, example, Amazon just already said that the costs of uh, unions are going to be projected onto the uh, the, consumer, the consumer, right? Yeah. And but this is what happens. So, so the the, the never mind. <laughs> Bezos is five hundred million dollar yacht the the fortune 500 company that makes the widget passes the cost onto the wholesaler the wholesaler goes well shit we have to pay more so now you mr distributor now you have to pay more for this piece well we have to have it because people want to buy it so we're going to pay more now mr distributor has to sell it to mr retailer for more because well this guy's charging me more so now you have to pay more and what does a retailer do what he has to do he passes the cost directly back onto the consumer so you have a situation where yeah minimum wage is going to going up is going to cause inflation but it's not because it's not because these these giant corporations can't absorb the extra cash flow or the extra expenses it's because you're affecting their bottom line. You're, you know, you're affecting the shareholders, which affects everybody's bottom line. They can absolutely do it, right? So, so, so they may, they're gonna, they're certainly gonna turn a profit next year, but they're not. The, the growth might not be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So instead of turning a, a three billion dollar profit, well, maybe this year you're gonna turn a two point seven billion dollar profit. Well, we can't have that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it's. Like for example, when we talk about uh, the the gas prices right now, we're at what a hundred and twenty dollars a barrel, something like that, uh, and we're at four twenty for gas. In two thousand eight or two thousand twelve or whatever, we we're at like a hundred and eighty dollars a barrel, and it was right around the same price for gas. To where it's like the metric, like I don't understand. Yeah, be- well, it's because Exxon and the in the oil companies they have to make up for the loss that they had to take when everything was shut down, and that goes right what? back to why lockdowns, right? Why lockdowns have consequences, right? It's and not just about real saving quick, lives. Since we're talking about actual oil prices and we're talking about things happening, it's not often that you hear me say this, but I'm going to give Biden a little bit of credit. Ooh, I know, right? Sometimes <laughs> everybody deserves. He just it recently uh, said that he's going to find people. So, like. Because when like when you really think about it, like right now there's nine thousand contracts for federal land that's meant to be drilled. That's that enough. Put down being, the mic. That isn't being drilled, right? Nine thousand contracts on a bunch of oil that can be drilled that isn't being drilled. And let's be honest, these companies they're buying this land and leasing the federal land and not drilling on it purposely to regulate the supply and demand of the oil flow in America. And Biden is going either use it or lose it. And he's talking about finding them. And for the first time and fuck, I don't know how long he's being creative and actually using tools that he has as the executive. And you know what it reminds me of? 
recently I was listening to a podcast and it's actually a really good one. It's called My History Can Beat Up Your Politics. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. And it was talking about Taft. Mm-hmm. And so Taft was the president in like what, 1905 to 1912 or 1906 to 1912, some, somewhere around that time. And he was working on trying to regulate the, uh, the freight and the passengers for, for trains because they were uh, charging different prices for like based on different, like what you're doing, you know, and the logistics of it and how much stuff you're moving around and stuff like that. Taft was so president Taft, from 1909 to 1913. Yeah. So, well, what Taft did when he was trying to work on uh, regulating uh, the, tr- the, the transportation prices for trains, they were working on, it was like the Melkin, Menken. It was, it was some sort of uh, act to regulate the prices. But before the act was actually passed, Taft went and sent his AG to all of these uh, like freight companies who, who had trains and goes, listen, we know that this act isn't passed yet. And if you don't abide by this act that we're working on passing, then we're going to send, then we're literally going to send our AG on you and attack you for not abiding by the Sherman Act. <laughs> and so the Sherman Act is about trust funds and monopolies. So he, so what Taft was doing strategically was sending his AG to tell these people, we're either going to do trust busting on you or you're going to just fall in line for this act we haven't passed yet. And that exact playbook could be used right now against oil companies and anything else to where it's like either you fall in line and do what we want you to do, or we're just going to fucking break you up. And we're not seeing that yet from Biden, but we're seeing this shit about him doing this whole like finding thing of using, using it or losing it. And it's like, finally Biden is realizing that, He's not a senator anymore. He's the president, and he has to use a different toolkit. Granted, now anytime he comes out and says anything, his White House handlers and administrators try to kneecap him on anything, and that's a whole different issue. But he's finally being fucking creative and being a leader in something, because before that, who was he? Just a fucking ghost? He was no leader. I mean, got us out of Afghanistan and took a lot of shit for it for that's you it. Know, good reason, but that's it. Ultimately, it's the only time he said the buck stops here. Ultimately, a good <laughs> anything thing, else, yeah. he's like, oh, I, my hands are tied. Well, and it's he's like, no, they're not. You're the fucking president, and he seems to be with. I mean, at least, at least in rhetoric. Okay, <laughs> we, we, we can get into details here, but at least in rhetoric, he seems to be with the Amazon unions, Corey. No, that's not true, because as soon as he said Amazon were coming from you, his handlers came out and go, oh, well, we're not necessarily for this or for that. It's, you know what I well, mean? Well, no, in other words, in other words, in other words, in other words, he said what he felt like he did with, you know, Putin's got to be moved out of power. And, and his handlers were, whoa, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Right. Well, it's like, you know, either I if even if I agree or disagree with it. The president is a figurehead, especially in foreign policy when it comes to being the commander in chief to where we can adjust our own little compasses to where it's like, oh, well, okay, well, as a country, regardless of how I feel about it, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. I need to adjust my personal livelihood to this in case of A, B, C, or D happen. I can make contingency plans and focus on my personal livelihood with my family. Am I buying a house this year? Or am I hunkering down in the basement? 
I need to know these things. <laughs> and when, why? <laughs> why come? <laughs> but I, I need just to know down, these please. things. And when I have the president come out and say one thing, and then Jen Psaki came out 20 minutes later and go, oh, that's not what he meant. Then what the fuck did you mean? The new mouthpiece of state TV, Jen Psaki? Yeah, the one going to MSNBC. <laughs> well, she's not a state piece. It's only when right-wing That's right. press secretaries go to Fox. That's right. We then don't, it's state TV. There's a, fascism only works on one side of the spectrum. <laughs> That's what Antifa says. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about these Amazon updates? God damn, we're already an, over an hour in, Corey Walsh. Uh, unionization in Staten Island lands a victory. This yeah. past week. They did. And good for them. Christian Smalls. Oh, my God, dude. by politicians. Getting snuffed by fucking mainstream media. Nobody took him seriously. And here he is. Now he has. He is creating a union that is arguably going to have some of the most power in the entire country. And this is why this is important. I said this in a TikTok that I made recently. He created this union. Right. Without the help of any other like big union that might bring baggage into the conversation. Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting about this. Right. Because the Teamsters union said, well, no, you dude, you shouldn't do this. You really shouldn't do this. And now so now I want to show you a tweet from just yesterday, uh, April 2nd. Uh, Where is it? This is this was actually tweeted out by the Teamsters. Check this shit out right here. This gentleman here on the right is, yes, Christian Smalls shaking hands. It's literally the Blue Check Teamsters Twitter page. And it says, at Shutdown Amazon and at Derek Palmer from at Amazon Labor met with hashtag Teamsters General President Sean Sean M. O'Brien today to discuss the Teamsters Union or discuss how the Teamsters Union can help Staten Island workers win a first contract. We love this guy now. We, we were just waiting for you to succeed, Christian. I swear to God, that's all. Dude, he, oh my God, he is one of my heroes right now. He's, here's what I love and about he, this guy. Here's what I love about the guy. Look, look at the way he's dressed. You want to talk about a guy that doesn't give a fuck? Authentic as fuck. And dude, like this, that's what I want to say to all of our listeners right now. If you ever get fired from a job, the best way you can get back at your job instead of making a tweet saying fuck my bosses is start a fucking union. <laughs> because all it's going to do is give your workers headaches. If you get fired for anything at all, just try to start a union at your pre-workplace. You're not going to work there again. That's fine. Start a fucking union. You want to get back at these fucking bosses who are fucking you over? Go into your workplace and start a fucking union because in like and the NLB, like the net or no, I'm sorry, not the NLB. This the National Labor Relations, the NLRA. If you get fired, the federal government is there to to, to help you start a union. Fuck just saying, fuck this job. I'm going to go find another shitty job. No. Fight for that job and start a goddamn union. Yeah. And And here's what I love about Christian Smalls is the way he did it. He started this union. And what I was trying to get at earlier is there's no strings attached, damn. He doesn't own any favors to any politician. He doesn't own any favors to any other union with baggage. He is a free man who now is in charge of a union that is arguably arguably going to be one of the biggest unions in the country. Yeah. And he doesn't have to compromise for shit. 
because he doesn't know anybody anything. And he walks in all these meetings dressed like uh, a, a, an early 90s rap star. And I absolutely, However the I absolutely, I absolutely love that about him. The, here's, here's the thing about, about Christian Smalls that I love so much. It's, I, when I listen to him speak, he, he, he doesn't speak like his, it seems like his education actually is. Because he seems like a guy that you know, has a high school diploma. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure what his, edu- what his education background is. But he he doesn't try to sound like somebody he's not. Uh, he he speaks well, but he's he's not like it, it doesn't sound like he's trying to speak well. And he just he just, he just seems like a normal dude that got a job at Amazon. Amazon fucked him over, and he said fuck this he shit. Said, fuck this. And, he, and like and you can tell that about him. There's there's just there's just something genuine about this oh, guy. Man. I think the only concern and all is I hear, the only concern all I is hear, go ahead. All I hear about this guy is when you reach out to him, he responds right away. And honestly, we should probably should reach out to this guy. Yeah, why not? He's the perfect guy to have on our show. He's look. He's the, the, my only concern about him would be like, does the fame ever get to his head? Right? Because that can happen to anyone. Like, like like a George Zimmerman, Kyle Rittenhouse type thing. Yeah. If if or you, David Hogg. Like if if you or I, you know, ever get four million subscribers or whatever it is, will the fame go to our heads? Probably because I have a pretty fucking big ego. But maybe Christian Smalls isn't the same way. <laughs> I love the guy, man. I I mean, I'm oh, I dude. So the more and more I hear about him, and like, yeah, you do. You see him dressed up, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm dressed up to where I might be going to the club." I might be going to being the representative of one what's arguably going to become one of the biggest unions in the country. I might. Be I don't give to- a fuck. The very next day after he unionized, he had fifty other warehouses reach out to him and say, "Help!" Yeah, and that's not just in America; that's worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. And, and they're following on the they're following on the coattails of of what Starbucks is doing, and like, I mean, you can't not wish them the best. And so here, this so to round this all up, here's why I think unions are important. Like some people say, well, it needs to be for skilled tradesmen, and other people say, well, it needs to be for everyone. And like, ultimately, this is what it comes down to, Dan. When you have a billion-dollar organization who has like thousands of employees, they're either going to be subsidized by the government, and then. And what I mean by subsidized or subsidized is they're going to pay their employees such a cheap wage that these employees have to rely on the federal government for Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, Section 8 housing, WIC, food stamps, and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Or the alternative is we hold these Billion dollar companies, and I'm talking about companies where the owner is buying just on a whim five hundred million dollar yachts, and it's either us as taxpayers subsidizing these employees with government handouts, or these employees collectively bargaining bargaining for fair wages to where they can get a livelihood to where they can make enough mon- money from these billion dollar companies to afford living on their own. Well, and, the, and then it, it's another one of those, cause you know how the, the money you're absolutely right. Case in point is Walmart. Walmart spent Walmart pays like $4.2 billion in taxes, but then gets like $4.8 billion in subsidies. I mean, there's the oil companies. I mean, we, you know, they all do it. They did any big company, any big billion dollar company does this shit. 
I can't remember what I was going to say. We're getting a little long in the tooth here, Corey Walsh. You want to get to your monologue? <laughs> you want me to get, read my monologue? Yeah, I think we're, we were going to do a How Woke is Too Woke slash What Year Is It, which is where we make fun of identity politics. But I think we can save those for next week, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Those... We, we've had a pretty good run here. So Let me uh, read this. Let me read this little uh, monologue I wrote up in about 15 minutes. Ooh. Well, I took you out. Sorry. I took you out of the stream. I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Am I back? Yeah, go ahead. All oh, right. Wrong guy. Oh, I took you out again. God damn it. There you are. Am I back? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thank God I didn't start reading yet. <laughs> I'm right. really fucking this up. Go ahead. One of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. Carl Sagan said that. Noted as an American astronomer, planetary scientist, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, and science communicator. He is arguably one of the most impactful people of a generation. I don't have to say in text he's right to prove a point. He's proven his credibility on an exponential scale countless times. But how did we get here? What type of Kool-Aid have we collectively been fed to accept these terms and conditions? I get drunk from time to time, but not to the point where I'm so blackout that I accept this plight willingly with a spoonful of sugar. Terms so terrible that I would have pissed myself and blacked out before I lost the motor functions to click accept. I was scrolling through Facebook that led to this monologue. Headlines that have included the Bidens, Trump, Black Lives Matter, the National Rifle Association, all strode across my feed in a Congo line that I only assumed the Metaverse server's clock speed turned red in attempting to click all the notches that perked my interest in an ever-expanding algorithm that is designed to keep me engaged. The common denominator that included all those names was corruption and self-interest. Trump has seven hours of missing call logs that coincide with the January 6th riots on the Capitol. Hunter Biden investigations are heating up with countless references to the big guy. That anyone with an IQ equivalent to the same calories contained in a glass of water can recognize this smells worse than a porta potty on the third day of an electric forest festival. The NRA is being investigated for embezzling money for personal interests. Might as well pair that with the Black Lives Matter organization who just dropped $6 million on a mansion for themselves. To keep this PG, this is fucked up. How do we get here? How do we get to the point that the conscious of we the people just accept this corruption when it's our team but are ready to grab the torches and pitchforks when the caricature of the other team don't walk the line in some Johnny Cash melody? How do we just sleepwalk into some scenario where we just wake up, brush our teeth, take some Tylenol to fight the hangover from 94, and accept this bullshit? Accept this bullshit on if it's the color we like regardless of the smell as long as it's our side that is using some PR convoluted message massaged and marinated and the talking points that struck our own preconceived biases. The answer is relatively simple. We're tribalists. It's in our DNA. It takes a concerted effort to cipher through the bullshit narratives that have any sort of clear thought and avoid the haze of oversimplified wrong answers to the equation. 
us versus them is much easier than trying to spend some time to give some cognitive thought to the nuance. Fuck convenience. We gotta forcibly grab the wheel and tell the old guard to fuck off, maybe in a more sophisticated way like, hand me the baton. But I digress. I get lost in wordplay, but let's be honest. If someone from the other side as much as, much as farts in the wrong direction, we are ready to tar and feather. But when someone from our side... We are like Ray Charles trying to navigate a subway map in the middle of New York completely by himself. The answer seems simple, but does take a cognitive effort. Create an argument that crosses the grain of any opinion you have. Be your own devil's advocate and find out the flaw in your own argument. Stop holding self-serving politicians who, in the moment, say what you want to hear in some Rashad billboard hit from the mid-2000s. We're better than this. Let us hold our leaders to a higher standard. Don't attach your opinion to your emotions. Be ready to turn any on be ready to turn on any public figure you supported in an old yellow scenario. Our constitution constitutional republic depends on it. Corey, I would add one thing to your monologue. What's that? You know, because you you had mentioned uh, you know, ready to tar and feather if somebody on the other side even so much as farts in the wrong direction. It's it's gotten worse than that. You're ready to tar and feather Somebody on your own team, if they so much as fart in the wrong direction. I'll point to somebody like the poster that you have behind your, what looks to be your left shoulder there, Tulsi Gabbard. Absolutely shit on by the left because she didn't. That says, that says Aloha Coriana, by the way. Oh, she signed it? Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so the, le- the, left was, the left was ready to tar and feather her because she, you know, called out Kamala Harris and shit on Hillary Clinton. And I'll give you an example from the right. Uh, just the other night, let's take a look at Mr. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is now a rhino, right? He's a Republican in name only. Why? Because, because he stood he up. He stood Ketanji up Brown and Jackson. clapped for Katanji Brown Jackson. And and I'll leave, I'll give you another example. I got in a. It, it didn't last long because I shut this guy up pretty quickly. But I was, you know, occasionally I'll be an idiot and comment on on something on on Facebook. And uh, a friend of mine basically was was mentioned something about uh, the the Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, being confirmed, and somebody had to, had had the audacity. I shouldn't say the audacity. He probably just watches a lot of Fox News. He says, "Sad to see the left nominating justices that do not believe in constitutional law, and justices that are quote soft and sympathetic toward pedophilia and human trafficking." I look at that and I go, "Wow, okay." And my, my response was this, very, very simple. This is what I said, Corey, and you can tell me if I handled this correctly. I said, giving 18 to early 20-year-old boys minimum sentences for making mistakes while exploring their sexuality is hardly, quote, condoning pedophilia, and there is literally nothing to suggest that she condones human trafficking. And if you still have an issue with her minimum sentences, as is your right, talk to your congresspeople. They're the lawmakers. They write and vote on the bills that set the minimums. Did I handle that well? You absolutely handled that because that's exactly where I was going to go. It's like if we have a problem with a judge using his own personal like judgment mm-hmm. on something, then it's up to our fucking senators and fucking representatives to like set policy to They're make the minimums. But you know what's going to happen when they do that? It was only a short. 28 years ago where Biden set the mandatory minimums on drug policy 
And then guess what? Now we have mass incarceration of people getting put in jails for ridiculous amounts of time over pot. So where at the same time we have people on national TV bragging about growing pot and they're fine. I see. We still have people in prison for pot when we have other people fucking bragging about the billions of dollars they're making on pot. I see where I see where you're going with this. Here's here's the example I would I get frustrated about the nuance. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the minimums when it comes to. I mean, I guess I'll, just for lack of a better term, I'll say "quote unquote" pedophilia. Right? Uh, here, here's here's a scenario I'm seeing. All kids have cell phones, right? I'm seeing yeah. a 19, 20 year old kid with his 16 year old girlfriend. He's got naked pictures of her on his phone. Is he a pedophile? He's 19. He's talking to a 16 year old. Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's that's a little tough. But obvi- obviously, so here's the example I'll use. Okay, and this one's kind of funny. Uh, I found an old hard drive, like old old hard drive that I literally had from high school. And in high school, I was, for lack of better terms, a whore. You were a whore. Oh, at least you're talking about yourself. Yeah, I was a whore, and <laughs> there's a lot of photos that were being exchanged that were saved on that hard drive or now I'm 33 years old where it's like, Holy fuck. You know, like that hard drive's in the garbage now for because of the fact that I might've gotten in trouble, but it's like, we grew up in an age where, uh, there was a time where we were minors. Yeah. Okay. Photos. Okay. So that's a better example, right? You got a 17 year old kid. He's dating a fi- he's dating a, a 16 or a 15 year old girl. He's got he, she sends him naked photos. Three years, four years later, he's not paying attention to his to his iCloud drive. He's still got those pictures on his phone. Is he still a, is he a pedophile? God, I was so bad. Legally, under that pretext, he would be considered a pedophile, wouldn't he? Yeah, that that hard drive was smashed and thrown away. Like, <laughs> it's like well, that's, that's probably for the best. <laughs> for the best, so NSA. If you're listening, you ain't gonna find no evidence of me. But like, it's just it's you're just, not on the left, a, Corey. You don't have anything to worry about. It is, but only like, leftists you know are I mean? pedophiles. Like it's, you know that. It's uh, it was it's 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 a unique conundrum that I was in. You know that. Ted just actually said that's an interesting conundrum, and like, yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because twenty, like you know, fifteen years ago, I thought I was the shit <laughs> slaying some uh, vagine, <laughs> popping pictures back and forth. And you know you're really, getting old. Really you, just used a, you just use a word from fucking Borat. We know you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's really funny is when your parents find the pictures of you, but not the girls. Ew. <laughs> on the hard drive when you're 17 years old yeah so that's a whole nother story that i'll have to tell you another time there you go your but dad yeah, your no. dad saw a picture of you when you were 17 nude does that make yes yeah, so my dad a pedophile right now? exactly Are my parents pedophiles yeah well if because you know, they saw pictures of me Corey, they're not on the left only left it's their pedophiles dick in hand with this weird look like hey <laughs> that's funny you know that's something that actually we were have to talk about and try to uh we're gonna have to parse this one out, Corey. Yeah, we're gonna have to parse that one out because that's a whole topic of its own. In the meantime, how how far in are we here? We're getting close uh, an hour and a half. I, uh, All right. you got anything you anything else you want to mention before we uh, tell the people where they can find us? Uh that we're not pedophiles. 
<laughs> and then we'd the pedophiles are wrong, but it's important to understand the fact that like there's nuance in the conversation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's well I don't know. I can see just saying that people are going, Oh, you sport pedophiles. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> it's just sad. like I have a friend right now who's actually actually like it's funny because I have a friend who's actually seeing leniency in the court system because he literally he's on video going up to a park by me and beating the shit out of a pedophile because Ah. we found out he dude i swear to god man he found out we found out there was a pedophile in the neighborhood and this like 23 year old was like targeting like 15 16 year olds and my friends on video straight up fucking Ripping this guy off the swings in a playground and throwing him to the ground. And the guy tried to call the cops on him. And then when the actual narrative of the court court case came up, the guy didn't even show up to the court case. Why would you? Yeah, why would you? You're embarrassed. I'm here to be a pedophile. You got the, <laughs> you got the but he, he assaulted me. Corey, where can the people find us? Anyways... <laughs> Too much, too much pedophilia talk. We're going to get ourselves in too trouble here pedophilia. on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and uh, Twitch at Libservative Pod. You can find us on uh, Facebook at Libservative. We are on WordPress at Libservative Pod. It's where you can find all of our monologues, like basically transcript at Libservative Pod at WordPress.com. We're on TikTok at, Li- TikTok at Libservative Podcast. You can reach us directly at libservative at g- libservativepod at you gmail.com. You almost almost did it, Dan. <laughs> uh, like, follow, and share. Give us some reviews on all of the the social the uh, podcast platforms because it helps us get our uh, numbers up and join the conversation. We have a good time, you know. And we, like I said, we record once a week, but we keep the conversation going throughout the week on all of our different platforms. Like, follow, and share. You can find us on all of your social media and podcast platforms. Thanks to Ted Zeppelin and Lenny1058 and Chase and uh, Turbo for for all the discourse in the comment section tonight. We appreciate that. Until next... Yeah, it it keeps the conversation fresh. Absolutely. And uh, and Bright Eyes, of course. Bright Eyes is always here uh, on Twitch. We appreciate... Bright Eyes is the VIP, man. Absolutely. Uh, And until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. And we are out of here.